Hey everybody, Cal and Dan here. Coming up, we got Christy Kerr, two-time major champion on the LPGA Tour, more than 20 wins on the LPGA Tour, and uh, not most recently. She's been doing this for uh, for, for a few years now, but um, Chief... Tasting. Tasting officer. <laughs> Chief ta I, I, I had to work through that, but yeah, the Chief Tasting Officer for Kerr Sellers. Um, so we go through three expressions of her, uh, of her wine. We went through her Cab, a Pinot, and a Chardonnay. They were, they were nothing short of, they, they were just as impressive as her golf career is and, and will continue to be. Um, so we sample through, through those three, uh, definitely have some good conversation towards the back talking about Sol Solheim cup, would she ever want to be a captain? Got some great, uh, got a couple of good tiger stories in there for you. And, uh, who else we got? We got Rom bombing, uh, <laughs> bombing at the range into Christy at <laughs> Silverleaf. So yeah, really awesome time, uh, with Christy here. And uh, again, the wine was fantastic. We're looking forward to uh, to sampling some of the scotch that she just released. Oh yeah, yeah. Looking forward to uh, to sampling that. So uh, maybe having Christy back on the show, we'd uh, we would enjoy it. And uh, she said she would too. We'll find out. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Make more birdies. A bottle of bourbon, blue glass, and some ice. This is not a tip. This is a prescription. Trust me. Mm -hmm. If you don't, you will fall out of bounds. Welcome to Birdies and Bourbon. Sit down and have a sip. Welcome back, everybody, to the Birdies and Bourbon show. Christy Kerr, cheers. How are you? Cheers. How is everybody? We are good. Hey, we're doing a little wine today. Fantastic. Thanks so much. We are having a little wine tasting. So instead of Birdies and Bourbon, I guess it's Birdies and Vino. However, I do hear that... Uh, that you're a bourbon fan as well. So I'm sure that'll come up in our conversation here. Yeah, I am a bourbon fan. Um, I love all the, the unique cast that, that they're aging bourbon in, um, in America. And also I do make a Scotch whiskey um, from Scotland. So pretty, uh, pretty cool. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't wait to get into that. So we're going to drink through um, three of your wine extract. Well, hold on. First and foremost, uh, I mean, we are honored to have LPGA, I don't, can I call you a legend? Is that okay? Uh, I mean, because you're uh, still sure. playing, got a full schedule. Sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah LPGA. It's, it's a bad thing when somebody calls you a legend, especially when you're still alive. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So we've got Christy Kerr on with us today. Uh, what do you got? Over 20 wins on the LPGA tour, two time major winner. Yep. Um, on tour. And uh, what's, you've got nine appearances at the Solheim Cup, I believe, currently. Mm -hmm. Yep. Very cool. And, uh, and to add on top yep. of that, and what we'll be digging into today, uh, the chief tasting officer of, uh, of Kerr Sellers. Yeah. yeah, I love that title. I gave myself that title. <laughs> It's hard to beat. That's what I'm talking about. I guess beat. when the, when, <laughs> yeah, when, when the business starts with your last name, you can really give yourself any title you want, I suppose. Yeah, kind of. But, um, you know, I, I do all the blending with our winemaker, Helen, and, um, you know, I'm actually doing a bit of operations for Kerr Sellers now, all the stuff that I like to do and all the financial stuff our CFO, Steve, does. But, um, yeah, I'm in charge of, like, production, bottling, moving around product during bottling, you know, labels, foils, glass custom boxes, like you name it. Very cool. Nice. 
Awesome. Yeah. Well, so let's uh, let, let's get right into this. So we're going to be tasting the uh, the 2018 UV Chardonnay, the 2018 Manzanita yeah. uh, Pinot, and the 2018 Wapo Cab. Right. Yep. Yep. We'll get into it. Um, and then, you know, feel free. It's a casual conversation. You can pretty much ask me anything you want within reason. Um, <laughs> uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh-oh. Um, but yes. Yeah, so um, before we get into the first wine, I'll just, um, you know, everybody is kind of wondering probably how I got into wine. And, um, you know, simply the answer is golf. Uh you know, from the time I was very, you know, early in my career, um, you know, I visited the Napa Valley and we had a tournament in Vallejo at Hiddenbrook uh, Golf Course Country Club. And we would stay in Yonville at the Vintage Inn. And, you know, when you're driving that far back and forth to the golf course every day, you pass a lot of wineries. And uh, my friends and I would play practice rounds super early in the morning um and go wine tasting it was a no-cut event which is exactly how you like it in the napa valley um <laughs> and i fell i absolutely fell in love you know with the rolling hill and it was always around harvest and there was a lot of buzz and a lot of energy in the valley and um you know through my travel i played that tournament um from basically 1999 until 2004 and it was only 30 people and everybody played really fast and it was exciting to be in napa and, um, you know, through golf, traveling all over the world, everywhere there was a, a wine component to be had, I would go seek it out and I would learn about it. And, and um, I, I absolutely love learning about wine. Um, and, uh, but, you know, my palate and my passion always came back to Napa Valley, even though I went to Burgundy and, and um, you know, the Willamette and Oregon and, and you name it, Switzerland, Australia, et cetera. Um, you know, learning about food and wine and cuisine um, really sparked my passion um, to become a sommelier. So I'm still learning. Uh, right now, I did pass my level one with the quartermaster sommeliers in, in late, in, sorry, in early 2017. Yeah, um, nice. And I'm kind of pumped because to, to get my certified, they've given everybody a year or so extension because of COVID. And I needed that because I'm pretty busy. <laughs> um, I'd say, yeah, a lot, a lot of stuff going yeah. on. Hey, what was the, so you're, you're talking about your Napa experience and kind of what, what led you to, uh, you know, your love for wine. What, what was the, what was the taproot? What was the taproot wine where you said, or, or was there one that you could single out where it's like, yes, that's it. That's my passion. And that's what I'm going to do. I mean, there were so many, um, you know, Staglin has always been an amazing um, family um, and they get back to charity, but their their Chardonnay and Cabernet are second to none. Um, and I've always loved their Salouse project where they give hundred percent of the profits away to brain health. Um, so I was always really hooked on that and, and I was involved in still involved in charity, raising money for breast cancer. So you know, I have actually become pretty good friends with the Staglins and um, you know, they were one of the wineries that I sought out to go try their wine taste by, um, Cosentino. Everybody knows, oh, or yeah. I don't think Cosentino is still there anymore, but yeah. a wine called the poet, which was a mm -hmm. Meritage. Mm -hmm. Um, Brian family Cabernet, uh, of course, all the Americans in, I mean, everybody forgets about American Zinfandel, but all the Turley's ends and story of mountain and, um, and all the great whites as well from Napa and Sonoma. So not really one moment, as you can tell, but um, I, I happen to just love wine and learning about wine. And um, so 
you know, from my travels and relationships of, of, of coming to Napa for over, you know, 12, 14 years. And then subsequently with my husband, um, you know, we were very good friends with the people at Pride Mountain Vineyards. Mm -hmm. And so this was um, about two, middle of 2008 to, and to beginning of 2009, where we went out there. Uh, and um, said, do you have any interest in doing a project with us? Um, I want to make a very high-end Napa Valley Cabernet, a small quantity, but super high quality. And, um, you know, for about the first 45 minutes of the conversation, um, she dissuaded me. She, she said, well, where are you going to find the fruit? How are you going to do this? What's going to happen? And then I told her I didn't want to make any money off of it. I wanted to give away the money to breast cancer. And, like, from then on, it was like, we're going to do this together. And at the time... Um, you know, she was recovering from breast cancer herself and it was just a really cool partnership that developed and, um, we learned a ton from the prides and, uh, had an amazing partnership with them from, um, you know, 2009 through 2017. Um, we bought out an existing winery, um, uh, that was a custom crush within the, you know, the pride winery and, and, um, was able to start actually go back a vintage or two, uh, starting with the, uh, 2006 vintage. Nice. So pretty cool. Um, you know, everybody says, well, how do you get in the wine business? And sometimes it's by choice and by accident. And in our case, it was kind of both. Um, and then we continued on when, um, you know, they didn't want to do a for-profit project with us, which was, which was totally cool. Um, and you know, we continued on and launched Curse Sellers in 2013. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, cool. well, congratulations, and uh, the 2018, uh, yeah, the 2018 UV Chardonnay is just, uh, it's absolutely beautiful, a lot of, um, uh, I'll say citrus uh, on the nose. Yeah, on it's, the, you know, uh, um, the you UV know, Vineyard, the, uh, go ahead, sorry. No, no, you're good, go ahead. There's always a little bit of a delay on Zoom, and sometimes it's hard to tell when people are, are coming and going. But, um, you know, uh, the UV Vineyard, as is the Manzanita Vineyard, is kind of on the way out to Graydon, on the way to Occidental. And you know, this is a beautiful, beautiful vineyard. Um, and, it's, and, it's, and it's a little bit steep, and it's got great sun and wind exposure. And this makes a very, I would say, kind of one of the things at Curse Cellars that we like to do is keep the uh, acid retention in our wines. You know, acid wines, um, acid forward wines are food friendly and um, retain freshness and complexity. So that's kind of a hallmark with what we do. Um, we also make small batch um, handcrafted wines. We're a single vineyard focused winery, but we also have our Appalachian wines. Um, you know, I kind of always like to say, we're kind of trying to model ourselves after Aubert, uh, but we also do make Cabernet. Um, but this UV vineyard, um, which is stands for Ulysses Valdez, who's also the grower. This is the vineyard that this Chardonnay hails from. It's got beautiful, like this kind of water ruffling down, you know, pebbles in a, in a stream kind of, um, whetstone minerality. It's got great lemon curd and ground almond and, you know, white peach and stone fruit. And, um, it's a beautiful wine if you want to have it by yourself, but, um, to pair with something as well. Um, you know, we, we age it Sir Lee. So, and, uh, you know, do a lot of stirring to really kind of get that fatter style, but you're not gonna, you're not gonna really taste it. It is full bodied, but it is, very acid forward as well. So, you know, one of the things we try to do with our winemaking style is retain that freshness, that acidity, but also get complexity. And we kind of like to say that we are California fruit driven wines, but we have old world sensibilities. So this is kind of our, our nod to a reserve uh, uh, or a premier crew uh, Montrachet. 
Oh, nice. Yeah, definitely the uh, nice creamy mouthfeel on this one. So it, you know, it's it's uh, it's holding up really nice. And you know, when you said peaches and stone fruit, <laughs> I mean, that's probably what's coming most forward for me. And 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 predominantly, I mean, that peach is just. Uh, if you like peaches, this is uh, th- this is your jam right here. This thing is uh, really really nice. I-, I hate to say this because uh, it, it doesn't need anything, but this would damn this would make a good sangria. <laughs> I don't, I don't, well, I don't know. I don't know why don't you know would do that, would but do it's sure that it, for the uh, for the price point. But um, you know, uh, hey, try it. Give us a recipe. We're always up to new things. Uh, we just launched a new website, CurseSellers.com. Uh, just got a complete facelift, and our wine club looks really good. And have, we have a lot of options for people from very entry level to we call it our Hall of Fame option. And we have reds and whites and reds only clubs, so um, we're we're pretty proud. Hall of Fame, you're still you're still in my thunder here. I was going to bring. Oh, and by the way, so speaking, yeah, speaking of your website, um, so you know if you are interested, and we're going to get into the two other expressions in a second, but if you're a Chardonnay fan, this is a must. I wouldn't say this is. Um, uh, I, I wouldn't say it's too heavy uh from an oak profile standpoint so if you're you know if you're not looking very oak forward this this is probably a chardonnay for you and uh be sure to use uh, bb10 as a um uh, discount code and get 10 percent off your purchase so yeah you put that code in at a checkout and um you know this chardonnay just received 95 points from james suckling so we're pretty proud of it that's awesome that's great yeah. Thank you. That's uh, you, you. You should be. Yeah, that's uh, that's a fantastic wine for sure. It actually tells you on the um, site here this was uh, harvested at four a.m. Wow, really yes. early in the morning. And why do you guys think that is? Uh, it's going to rain that day or uh, something. Oh, well, <laughs> I don't know. Well, think of temperature, right? Is it? It's colder in the morning. Well, I, so what is because that the, the cool air. Yeah, the cool air right. is going to help retain that freshness okay. and that acidity yeah. in the wine. Oh. <laughs> so our winemaker is really super picky about when she picks the grapes, what bricks they're at, what flavor profile we want. Um, and, you know, Helen is a rock star. She she literally nails it every time. And uh, I mean, it's 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 incredible to taste with her and to listen to her talk about what she gets in the wines. And I mean, when I first started tasting with her and kind of blending with her. Um, I just sat back and listened and I still kind of do that because she really is the master. Um, she has her own website as well, keplingerwines.com. And um, she specializes in Rhone varietal um, wines and blends and also has a Cabernet. So anybody uh, interested out there should check that out as well. Okay, cool. That's awesome. Christy, so, so let me ask you this. So, so we've got We've got Christy, uh, Christy Kerr, the golfer, right, and and, uh, and and playing at the highest level, and and you're, you're so you're you know you're traveling around, you're kind of opening up and experiencing wine, et cetera, and, and you so you've got I'll say Christy Kerr, the casual wine drinker, if that's fair, and and I'm talking his in the past, right, yep. and then it's okay now we've evolved into Christy Kerr. Hey, I I want to become more than the casual wine drinker. I want a label if you will. Right. And now we're, you know, stepping forward and now we're, Hey, I've got Christy Kerr. I want to be the wine expert and I pass my, uh, sommelier level one certification. So are there any pieces of that in, in those three evolutions or period, if you will, in, in, in your, you know, in, 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 uh, in your wine experience, 
Is there anything that you knew or, or was relevant in your, you know, in, in the infancy of this and then has evolved and you just didn't know that it was there? Does that make sense? Yeah, um, I, I think that's an excellent question. And, um, you know, you know, golfers are very particular, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, for me, I'm I'm used to being trained to see, you know, the nuances in the wind and the grass and and even what the air smells like sometimes when you're playing, you know, affects how far the ball goes. And, um, you know, sure. when I first started taking tasting wine, I I would jot down notes and I would make my notes. And, um, you know, when you taste with people or you would taste a Joseph Phelps, you would taste wherever you're going. You know, you talk about I would just kind of through memory oh, this tastes like that fruit or this fruit or smells like dried herbs or something. And, you know, people would tell me I would have a good palate and a good nose. And I would never really pay attention to that until I got more advanced and got more validation, um, especially when I started making wine and working with, with winemakers and tasting with sommelier. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I had a good nose and a palate from the beginning and it has gotten more and more developed. Hmm, that's great. Yeah. And, and then in the, so in the sommelier class, what's, uh, what was the step one or the, the first stage in that? What was the time for completion? So when you kind of, when you started through, uh, you know, you get your, get the checkbox, right? Hey, you check, you know, step one is complete. Yeah. It's about a year of self-study, um, and and self-tasting. And then you go, there's, um, uh, a two day course in which it's an intensive, uh, review of everything. And then you take your test at the end. Um, and it was kind of nerve wracking. Um, <laughs> Randall Berteo was one of the master sommelier that was one of the proctors for, uh, for the exam. And I was in there. Um, and, uh, he reviewed our curvature wines for his, his golf course in Los Altos, Paso Tiempo. Um, and, uh, uh, I think it's, yeah, it's in Los Altos. Correct. And, um, and so he gave us really great ratings and everything. And I was like, Oh my God, if I fail this exam, he's going to think I'm a fraud. <laughs> <laughs> and I had not had a pimple on my face for like 10 years. And I had like zits all over my face and like, it was pretty nerve wracking. <laughs> and I was one of the first to turn in the test. So, you know, they grade yeah. them and we're at the bottom of the pile. So I was one of the last ones to get called. And I was like, Oh my God, I failed. I, I knew I didn't fail, but you're like really nervous. Mm -hmm. So, um, sure. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a pretty, pretty cool experience. And it's, it's, it is really intensive because you, you have to know wine regions, you have to know all over the world. You have to know a little bit of everything, um, to pass your level one, sake, beer, different techniques, um, the villages in France, you have to know all the basic stuff. And I feel like I have to go through it again because I've forgotten it all <laughs> already, <laughs> um, yeah, before I go oh, through wow. my certified, but, um, it's, you know, you learn a ton. And even if you don't want to become a sommelier, anybody who's super passionate about wine, I totally recommend it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, yeah. So I, I'm not an ex Dan and I are not experts or professionals at anything. It, the, the closest I can get to is I can drink a lot. Uh, that, that, but that, that, that doesn't make me an expert at anything. So, no, but so I see, I see I, that just, healthy, that healthy pour, you know, in your glass right there. That's a good pour. It's good. It's good pouring. I didn't want to have to re-pour. You know what? Interrupt the show. So. No, no problem. But, um, so hopefully everybody's loving the Chardonnay. Um, let's move on to the 2018 Manzanita Vineyard. 
I'm trying to figure out how to show this on Zoom. Mm -hmm. Mon 2018 Manzanita Vineyard, um, Pinot Noir from the Sonoma Coast. And um, thank you very much. And um, mm -hmm. again, it's in the same area as the UV uh, Chardonnay is grown uh, within a few miles. And um, this this wine is not yet released. It will get released to our club members in, in um, mid-April. Um, but, um, you know, our 2017, 16, et cetera, are still available. Um, this vineyard um, has been so interesting to work with because, you know, when we're, when we're trying to pick it and get the different flavors of, like, cherry and sassafras and all this complexity, it would always present, like, really cranberry because it was kind of a warmer site. Um, but, you know, when we did pick it and it was that early morning again, I mean, it just all pulled together and to see it after it comes through fermentation and in its infancy and to see what it is now is pretty incredible. Um, in 2016, um, this same vineyard was the second highest rated Pinot in California be behind O'Bear and a few others. So this got 94 points from Wine Spectator, the 2016 vintage. This 2018 is not yet rated. Um, but again, very small lot. Um, and, um, you know, if you'll smell it and taste it for a second. It, so this is this is Pinot the way it should be. Uh, this is not the uh, the, the the bottom shelf uh, light colored. No, if you can see the color mm -hmm. of this stuff. But I mean, it is it is like way deep and and uh, you know I, I'm getting like that that those good oaky earthy um, definitely getting some cherry on that and yeah. there's kind of some berries. Yeah, but uh, I'm getting kind of a, a little bit of leather. Like if you're if if you're Here's how I would say, I would explain this one to somebody. I would say if you're a cab drinker predominantly yeah. and you yeah. want to experience something different yep. um, and somebody says, hey, try this Curseller's Pinot, absolutely, hey, heavy pour and uh, you're yeah, going to well, want another I, I one because yeah, 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 I, this is a cab drinker's Pinot for sure. You yeah. hit it right on the head, and that's how I kind of describe it to people that say, oh, I don't like Pinot, I don't want to try it, even at our wine dinners, and they go, oh, my God, this blows me away. It's super complex. Y yes, you do. <laughs> you know, we, 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 we cold soak with the berry for, like, over 20 days, and it has beautiful red fruits, like, like you said, cherry and strawberry and, um, like, even, like, a tart raspberry. It's got, like, it's got like those cedar and, and mushroom notes, forest floor, like this mossiness, but this perfume, this like super intoxicating like nose to it. So, um, you know, I always say, well, Cabernet is the king. Pinot is the queen that is or will eventually rule the world. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> if, to um, to totally. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's the so we mentioned those fruits. And, and while I would say that it is. It is, this is by no means a fruity wine. It's got hints of fruit. I would say it's more so backed up by that kind of oaky, leathery. I mean, it's that balance between the two that really it, it takes that sweetness of the fruit out. So you've got the you, you've got hints of fruit, but you don't have that fruity flavor. Uh, yeah, did really nice job on this one. Thank you. And um, you know, Helen nails every wine, but she does insane. I mean. Again, she nails every wine. Like she does an incredible job. But like these high tone, high tone floral wines, like the Burgundian varietals of Chardonnay and Pinot Noir, etc., like knocks it out of the park. And it really requires a firm but delicate hand. And she does a really, really good job with that. So um, let's see. You know, 
our crest is, if anybody can see, it's kind of hard to hold up to zoom, but our crest is a very interesting, um, a very interesting one. If you'll notice, if everybody can see, mm-hmm. you know, in the middle are two K's yep. that pierce each other. And there's a diamond in the middle, which is super small, which represents oh, yeah. perfection. There's two Phoenix birds on the both sides, which represent um, like self-renewal, self-creation, like rising and recreating yourself. Um, the shape of our crest is a play on a four-leaf clover. And um, the sun and the moon have always been in the Scottish Kerr crest, the very distant uh, Scottish history um, that my family has. And um, there's actually 72 dots on the interior, which is kind of cool because it represents the completion of something like a golf tournament. So there's a lot going on in the label, but it is uniquely and inherently us. Very cool. Yeah, that's, <laughs> you, that's you great. Said, you, 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 you went there. I was going, I mean, in, in just the first comments that you made about the, the K and intersecting, I mean, that there's so many, uh, the, the play on words there is, uh, it, it, it is legitimate in, in your, uh, in the crest there. Yeah. That, that's really, uh, that's, that's yeah, really it's kind neat. of. Um, and was that? I would say like. Was that intentional? Um, well, we 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 hired Madeline Corson's group out of San Francisco, who did Vine Hill Ranch and Ovid and Rudd, and she actually followed me around for almost six months, watching me play in tournaments, seeing, and there there was always this kind of struggle for perfection with what I do, obviously with golf, but now with winemaking and. Um, and, but when the two intersect each other, there's that perfection, there's that diamond in the center. So there's always like heaven and hell or angel and devil. You can do it. No, you can't. You suck. <laughs> you know, kind of that kind of thing happening. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, she, she nailed it. And it was, we wanted something that looked old, but fresh, but a little edgy. Um, sure. and she, she did a really, really good job with the branding. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. That's awesome. I'm, I'm waiting to see the tattoo next, I guess. Oh, no, no, no. No, no, I don't have any tattoos. That's not me. I'm a mom. <laughs> <laughs> right. I rent minivans uh, when I go yeah, on the road. Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, great, uh, great expression here. Uh, definitely glad I had a heavy pour on this one because it is sure. Is yeah, crazy. it's really good. It's really, really, really good. Um, and, uh, you know, when you're learning to become a sommelier, you learn about food and wine pairing. And our Chardonnay, obviously, will will stand up to any seafood, um, you know, any kind of oily lobster or fish or, um, you know, kind of any heavy or even light butter sauces. Um, cheese, I think it'd go good with like a, like a curry, kind of yeah. a, like a spicy curry. I think it would yeah. uh, really complement that well. Yeah. And on our new website, we're going to be having this whole like community. So like when you're in the members section, well, we're going to have recipes for everybody to be able to see, but there will be a whole like kind of eventually we just launched it. So it's, it's kind of step-by-step, but like this whole like community where people can share recipes back and forth or they can share their experiences. Um, so it's, it's pretty, it's con it's going to be super, it's basic now, but launching level by level, but it's going to be super interactive. And, um, I, it's just, it's just fun, you know, it's just fun. And, um, we love pairing food and wine. Um, you know, we have a lot of sommeliers that are on staff and also a chef, so, um, coming up with recipes, especially during this COVID time when people aren't really leaving their homes that much yeah, uh, or, or they're yeah. scared to, um, you know, we can, we can provide content and, and things for them to do. Hmm. Very cool. Yeah. Cur- Cursellers.com. Yep. 
And again, the discount yep. code for anybody interested is BB10 at <laughs> checkout. There you go. Um, but I love to pair this Absolutely. Pinot, and my yeah. Pinot's gone. Um, I'm at home. I'm not driving. I'm sure. Of course. I'm sure you've got a little left. You got some in the bottle. <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, and we'll be we'll be making some dinner or ordering actually maybe even Indian food tonight. Um, and um, you know we I love Pinot Noir. Like it is my favorite varietal. I do love cab. I love everything. I'm a Libra. It's kind of balancing the scales there for me, but Pinot Noir is definitely my passion. Um, and, um, you know, pairing this with mushroom risotto or anything truffle, or, you know, a lot of the chefs like to, to pair like duck breast or duck confit or, um, you know, whatever it is, lamb, even, um, Turkey, you know, we have this at Thanksgiving. It's the gaminess in Turkey actually surprisingly works well with the Pinot. So it's, um, mm. it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun finding and trying new recipes and seeing how the wines change from year to year. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, this is, I wish I would have poured it earlier, uh, but to decant this bottle and let it kind of sit. And I mean, I, it's just going to get bigger and bolder, I think, as it kind of sits, uh, sits out and breathes. So yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna some people like decanting their Pinot. Um, I don't personally, but um, I do see the merits in it. Um, but it's such a high tone floral variety. Like it's, it really depends. Like this bigger, bolder style, you can. You can absolutely decan it. Um, but it's it's so interesting to see how it evolves and it changes. Um, it'd be interesting to do that side by side where you decan it and where you don't, because I really haven't done that yet. Um, but, uh, hopefully everybody's going to enjoy that if they get to try it. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but we do again, our Pinot Noir that is available on our website is, has a little bit more bottle age. So I would, I would go for that over the 18 that you should sit and hold her. I mean, the nice thing about our wines are that you can drink them right now and you can also hold them for a very long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, everything, all the age statements that I see, it's like, you know, you're talking 10, 15, 25 years, even, right. I mean, they're, yeah. they're going to hold up over, over the course of time. So, yeah. Yeah. And there's a, there's a really cool tasting that Helen did with James Suckling um, that she just did recently in the last month. That's up on YouTube. You can, you can Google that and, and real, I mean, really see the brilliance of Helen Keplinger um, and, um, and, like how fascinated James is with winemaking style vintages and wines and wines and the next wine that we're going to try. Um, he was ecstatic about it and actually gave it 97 points. Wow. That's big. And wow. what, what, uh, on YouTube, is that Kerr Sellers page? Is it Keplinger page? Do you, do you know I will find out for on? you, but I think if you just Google James Suckling and Helen Keplinger Kerr, it will come up. Okay. Uh, but okay. I should have actually yep. had that. I should have actually had that, uh, had that queued up for you guys, but it was kind of spurred. I told you no curveballs, no curveballs, <laughs> <laughs> no problem. But, um, do you guys want to talk about the WAPO? Oh, yeah. Right. Thank you. Of course we do. So this is our 2018. It is a baby still. Um, 2018 WAPO vineyard. Napa Valley Cabernet Sauvignon. It hails from the Stag's Leap region in Napa. Mm. Uh, it is grown right where Moon Racer and some of the other realm wines are grown. It is right across the street from Stag's Leap. Um, it is um, a vineyard that Constellation Brands owns, um, who is a partner of ours as well. Uh, and um, we originally sourced this to just go into our Napa Valley Cabernet. And we when we tasted the different blocks side by side, we were like, 
we need to hold some of this back to make a single vineyard Cabernet from it because it was so delicious. Yeah. It was so good. It was so like the tannins when we tasted it at a barrel were so Bordeaux-esque. Hmm. Um, and that's kind of a hallmark also of the Stag's Leap region. It was, they were insane. It was an insane tasting and like moment where we realized what we had. And that's one of the things that we like to do is we're not pigeonholing wines like saying, oh, we're just putting this into a certain wine. If we get something that's really, really special, we're going to pull it out. We're going to make 100 cases of something or 200 cases of something. And that's what we did with this uh, Wabo Cabernet. And um, again, it got 97 points from James Suckling right out, of the, right out of the get-go. And if you smell it and taste it for a second... I mean, it is super complex. It is medium plus as far as weight and acidity. It's got super dark fruit, like plum and blackberry. And um, it has like that dried herb component and tar and pine needles and you know, like yeah, I'm kinda pencil shavings kinda and graphite. Literally- You know, and it's just super interesting. And I would definitely recommend if you're going to purchase this, purchasing at least three bottles and have one, you know, this year, one, five years from now. I mean, it's so good, though. It's kind of hard to resist. Like we even have a hard time not opening our own wines. (laughs) Um, So it's it's broody and it's it's kind of a teenager right now. But it says I'm I'm super advanced for being a teenager and just watch me grow and evolve and then turn into this like superstar in the next 10 years. And that's, that's kind of what this wine's going to do. Very cool. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's kind of that dark chocolate, uh, to your point, I'm getting, uh, you know, all, kind of that red fruits. I'm getting a little bit of red apple in there, oddly enough, somehow. Um, but, uh, that's the yeah, nice I mean, thing about wine. Kind of- that's the nice thing about wine. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. Like a lot of yep. people get intimidated by wine tasting and, like just say what comes to mind nothing is wrong or right and as as you taste more you'll refine what is supposed to be in certain varietals but you know we're not snobby at curse sellers at all we like to have fun we like to make excellent wine we like sharing it with other people and that's a nice thing like if somebody would have discouraged me early in the beginning i may not have gotten to the point in wine where i am and and with our whole team so like experience your own things and let us know what you think that we're super interested about that mm-hmm. that's a good point point. and the color on yeah this i mean i'm just like yeah and just like it, you know, when it hits your mouth i mean you're you're uh you just kind of start salivating right i mean it's just really really a really nice mouthfeel and uh yeah yeah this is uh yeah so in that tasting with james suckling you'll see how ecstatic he is about this wine and in some of our well actually all of our other wines but um you know i i guess when i set my mind to something i i try to be as excellent as i can be at it because life is really short and one thing i like to do is especially having developed a palate over many years and trying so many different wines, some super expensive, some $20 bottles that blow your socks off. I don't ever want to disappoint for the price point. I want to have people know that the money that they're spending for the bottle is super worth it and more. 
So that's what we try to do um, with our winery. And um, we're not fully allocated yet, so we can do that. Um, but it's, I, I am just so in awe that we actually have even gotten to this point. Um, I guess when you try to do something with your whole heart and you do it, ex- you know, you do it with excellence, you surround yourself with a great team. Like you can, you can do what you want. And um, more times than not though, that fails. So I feel super fortunate with <laughs> everything that I've done in my life. <laughs> so, so is that Christy Kerr, um, the golfer talking because, you know, Dan and I both play golf again, we're not professional or experts at anything, but is that, do, do you think you would have been the same? I don't know. That's not a good way. Uh, would your, with the results and your passion for what you're doing today, did you learn to become this person or was it always in you? And, and yeah, I'm sure it developed over time and, and enhanced, but was, is it always there? So you were, you know, eight, 10 years old when you started playing, did, you know, did, it was it, did you have to learn to be that person or? Was yeah. It I mean, honestly, I've never been good at anything. The first moment I picked it up, um, you know, so I guess practice makes perfect or perfect practice makes perfect. Um, but you know, I, I am my, my history. Um, and when people come to wine tastings and, or virtual tastings and dinners and, you know, um, they go, wow, you're way more approachable and super down to earth. And I'm like, well, I'm completely different how I am now versus how I'm on the golf course because I'm super competitive and I don't really see much and I, I have tunnel vision. And so it's, it's interesting dichotomy between the two, um, different careers because one, you know, but I've, I've definitely, um, you know, early in my career, maybe even now, I don't know. You have to ask other people. Like, I think I get misconstrued about how I'm on the golf course because I'm super intense and I, and I'm super competitive You're a killer out there. What are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, you, you don't, you don't, you don't get 24 wins and two majors without having a killer mentality. No, I guess not. And, um, uh, both of my parents were the athletes that almost made it, but didn't. My mom was a swimmer and my dad played baseball and, they went into bankruptcy to finance my junior golf. And, um, I have a lot of things to be thankful for in my family and, um, the team we have around us now and my kids and my husband. And, um, I'm just honestly in awe. Like I I'm super happy that people are, in, are enjoying our wines and that we're getting the scores. Obviously we have to submit our wines. There was actually a discussion. Sure. Should we submit the wines? Should we not? But we're a young brand, so we need to show people the quality by how other people judge them. So, you know, we've been submitting our wines. Um, but I'm, I feel very humbled and very grateful. And I think wine is the side of me that I, I've, I've always had that I wanted to share with people but could, could never do on the golf course. Um, you know, part of my history is Italian and I love, I've always loved to, um, Sicilian and I've always loved to entertain and, and be gregarious, like off the course, but nobody ever really got to see that side of me. So I think, um, you know, this is kind of the side of my career that, that I always, always have longed and wanted to share with people, but never really could because inside the ropes, like you said, killer. Yeah. <laughs> and you're so passionate about it. We see, it th- we see it all the time with um, people that'll start a label or do something and, you know, they don't have the passion behind it. I see it more as a way to make money or something along those lines, but I can, yeah. I can just tell with you with this, yeah. that this is, this has been something in the works for a long time, which is great to see. Now you've had early success on with uh, Robert Parker as well, right? And you have a 98 pointer. Yeah. Um, 
2013 was our first vintage of wines that we came out with Helen. And, um, we got, I mean, you look at, I mean, I look at so many things along the way and how many lucky breaks that we've gotten as well. And, you know, finding pride that wanted to do this, um, raising money. Lucky breaks. There, there you go again with the, uh, I mean, it is though. I mean, it is though, like, um, you know, we met with some other people early on and it didn't work out. Um, and we didn't have the same eye to eye vision. And then I met Suzanne and, um, we raised over $250,000 for breast cancer research, started a grant at Stanford hospital with that and, and hope to create a, you know, a women's empowerment, um, women raise money, um, in Napa women in wine kind of event, um, which I'm already recruiting people for, um, and, um, hey, but you know, by the way, not, not to cut you off, but, uh, I am, uh, respectfully, but it's, uh, so your, your, uh, nonprofit, it's, uh, uh, birdies for breast cancer, correct? Yes. Yeah. Birdies for breast and, cancer. And where can people- mm-hmm. Birdies for breast cancer.com. We're a 501 C three organization. We've raised over $4 million for breast cancer research. Uh, we still have a dedicated um, center in Jersey City at the Jersey City Medical Center. Um, my, my family, I was the only native Floridian in my family, and my whole family is from Manhattan or Long Island. And in Jersey City, I had an amazing sponsor, still do. I'm a member of Liberty National Golf Club. Uh, I'm an ambassador of that club. Um, and there was a need in that community for a breast cancer comprehensive center. And um, it, it w- again, it was kind of a lucky break, um, you know, to be able to help people with our foundation, but we, we raised over a million dollars over four years and created the Christy Kerr women's health center at Jersey city medical and recruited the doctors became a center of excellence with, um, you know, digital mammography, stereotactic biopsy, et cetera. And we donated, like I won a couple cars from Kia for the LPGA and won the tournament. So we donated those to drive around uh, patients to be able to go to exams. And we were the only um, center of its kind where you can go and get diagnosed and treated, um, counseled, regardless of one's ability to pay, male or female. So we're super proud of that. It's still going on. Even though we don't live in New York anymore, we wanted to be closer to the wine business. So we live in Arizona and in Phoenix. And um, so that's, you know, but we still have ties to New York and obviously to the club and the firemen's and we're continuing to raise money and um, birdiesforbreastcancer.com. If anybody wants to make a donation, um, you know, we, uh, up until two years ago, we, we, we had an event for the last 12 years, um, but because we had a second child and the wine business and everything, but we're going to, we're going to raise that again. It's just a matter of, of timing for us, but we're super proud of our work. And, um, I feel like if you give back, like, I don't know, it's just karma and it's the right thing to do. And, and, you know, professional golfers, I mean, between PGA and LPGA senior tour, I mean, we hundreds of millions of dollars for charity and it's just a really cool thing to be a part of. And, um, I don't even remember the first question, but yes. So we, we, um, we had a 98 point rated wine, um, in 2013 for our reserve red, uh, by Robert Parker. And that was our first vintage with Helen and through curvature. Uh, we made a, through curvature, we were making a Napa Valley Cabernet and a single vineyard Sonoma Coast Chardonnay. And Helen and I looked at each other saying, well, we want to do something different than what you're making with curvature. So we came out with a Napa Valley Sauvignon Blanc, 
um, which was a little bit more of a white Bordeaux style. Mm -hmm. uh, the Sonoma Coast uh, Pinot Noir, which kind of always was a single vineyard, but we never started labeling it until 2018 on the label. Why? I don't know. <laughs> you don't know what you don't know until you know it in the wine business. <laughs> so in 2018, anything that has a single vineyard designation will have it on the label, even though 2016, 17 Pinot, same, our Chardonnay, same. I don't know. Don't ask me. We didn't have the right, <laughs> the right mindset, I guess. Um, but, um, so we made the, the Sauvignon Blanc, the Pinot, and then we made a, um, proprietary red, which was a Bordeaux style red, um, that was, uh, 50%, uh, Cabernet, uh, from the Beckstoffer Vineyard, Missouri Hopper. And there was a Pritchard Hill Merlot, uh, from the Huy Vineyard up on Nine Suns that we made a blend of, and it was 50-50. And this wine continued on for many years and kicked everybody out of the sandbox together. They didn't want anybody else in that wine with them and and uh, robert parker tasted it and uh, gave it 98 points for our 2013 vintage so we we have library selection wow. uh, available of that but um, oh wow yeah yeah it's it's pretty cool um yeah i mean i i don't like to think of all the things that we have accomplished and done because i like to stay humble and and, and focus on what's next but um I mean, I should stop to smell the roses sometimes, but sometimes that's hard. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, that's that competitor in you again. I, you know? I, yes. Well, and, and, I, and I heard yes. er, earlier when you mentioned, uh, you know, oh, you know, I want a couple of cars, you know, from some tournaments. <laughs> and I guess that's what happens when, when you got double digit wins. I guess it's like, oh, yeah, another another victory. Got another one in the books. One of them was winning the Kia Classic, and that was my first win as a mom, which was awesome. Oh, wow. Um, and, and, and Mason was, uh, about two years old then. And grandma gave him three cookies <laughs> after we won and he was running around the green and I'm like, what's wrong with him? <laughs> like, yeah, three cookies. Oh, sorry. And by the way, they had macadamia nuts. And I'm like, oh my God, he's never had nuts. Oh, oh my God. I hope they don't have an anaphylactic shot here. Oh, <laughs> like, that's all I could think of. <laughs> That's good. And, That's uh, good. Yep, the other one was um, for charitable efforts and, um, you know, we've donated all that. So it's, it's been pretty awesome. I can't lie. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't like to think of myself as really anything like that. Mm -hmm. I'm just me. I just do what I do. You know, mm -hmm. I am a Caesar in business. Let's go. Let's go. You know, <laughs> but um, right in golf as well. But um, I don't know. I just uh, I, I love the wine side of it because it's again that part of my career in which I've never really been able to share who I was with people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So so and so let me let me chat about golf for a second. We'll we'll keep the wine. Uh, I'll keep the wine flowing. That's why I got these big pours. But. Um, <laughs> So, you know, you, so you played, uh, you played in high school, you played on the men, uh, the, the guys team, cause you didn't have a women's team. Right. Yep. And, and then, so was there, were you trained? So when you first started right in preteen started playing golf, when did you really get, uh, formal training and it's like, Hey, I know I'm going to, and not, not, not like that aha moment of, Hey, I, I think I've got it. Cause I think I've heard you say that you always felt like you were, you were good at golf. Right. But, but when, what's the, what was that process? I mean, was it just, you just had it and you just need fine tuning or was there some formal training that kind of helped you to, to advance and get to where you needed to be? Yeah. Um, it's a great question. Um, 
you know, I started taking lessons from Tommy Gibson, who was at Kendall Lakes Country Club in Kendall, Miami, Florida, um, starting when I was 10. And I still remember to this day, the first time I hit it past the hundred yard marker. And I would remember, I have to practice really hard so that when I get a lesson, I can impress my coach. And, um, you know, once I was 12, I played a national tournament. So I shot my first under par round in a tournament when I was 12 in a USGA uh, junior tournament qualifier. Um, and I've always kind of known with golf, I was meant to do it. Don't ask me how, don't ask me why. Maybe it was the values that my parents instilled in me. Um, but, you know, some things are just meant to be. Some things are, are kismet. Yeah. Some things are... I mean, yes, there's no shortage of hard work and, and I am still a grinder to this day. Um, the only time I don't grind is kind of like when today, when I'm like moving one kid into one bedroom and then the other one has to move the other bedroom. And then I'm like moving all my golf stuff out of that closet into my room, which I'm trying to figure out how to do that. Um, but I am, I have new irons that I'm going to try right now wedges and I like, can't wait to get out there tomorrow. Oh, wow. Um, I've always been a grinder and I've, I think that's it. I, I go back to it. I think it's super God given. Um, and I've always known what I wanted to do. You know, when I met my husband, even before he was my husband, he asked me the question, well, how did you know you wanted to do this? And I said, I don't know. I've just always known that I wanted to do this. I would watch, you know, Freddie couples ball gets stuck on the hill on the 12th hole at the masters and get up and down to win. I would sit there like this. I would sit there like that watching. Holy Julie shit. I, I could sit, I could sit there and watch man. Freddie couples all day long. I just yeah, watched I could a, watch Freddy a all video clip. I think that the PGH were posted today where he like chili dipped a shot or whatever out of the bunker and then he chipped it left-handed and went in the hole for par. And I'm like, I'm such a golf geek. <laughs> I am such a golf geek. Has like, he tried? I'm, I'm up on equipment. I'm like, I need this new stand bag. I got to get logo. Like <laughs> I've got like, so what's, know. what's the new, if you can share, what are the, uh, what are the new clubs? Well, I have played, for the last five years, irons that are PXG, the original 0311. Um, and I'm trying the, the new Callaway um, uh, Apex Pro and then their CB. I'm trying to figure out how to spin the ball with their irons. And I've, I've just now realized that my lofts are too strong compared to their standard. So I have to weaken the lofts back to their standard. And I think the golf ball will spin more for me. Um, so doing that, I've always played Vokey wedges. I'm messing around with some SM8 wedges. Um, I've always been an Odyssey putter girl. Um, I played the Maverick driver. I've tried the new Epic speed and it just, I don't know, like the Maverick uh, Maverick is so good for me. Um, so just, I'm kind of a super golf geek. I really always have been. And like, anytime there's new equipment, I'm like, I gotta try it. I gotta try it. I gotta try it. I'm sorry if I look cross-eyed, I don't actually know where to look into my iPad for the camera. That's okay. You're fine. You're fine. <laughs> but, um, it's okay. Dan's awkward looking too. It's fine. We're used to that. <laughs> but, um, I got hey, a so, really... so you mentioned, so you're in, uh, sorry, go ahead. go ahead. No, no. Hey, I've interrupted no, no, you enough today. Go ahead. Yeah, so you said, uh, are you in Phoenix or Scottsdale or Scottsdale. where are you at? Uh, Scottsdale. Scottsdale. What club do you play out of there? I play out of the Silverleaf club. I'm lucky enough that they invited me really? to be an ambassador and there's so many pros out here and we get games and we play all the time. That and, sounds like fun. Um, <laughs> it's pretty awesome. I'm not going to lie. So, so but you're, I, so you're I'm testing those excited. Callaway. Huh? You're testing those Callaways out. Are you looking to, uh, to break the record out there that Rom uh, broke with, uh, with his new Callaways this year? 
Or maybe you're the last relief? Yeah. That's not relief? You think I even Yeah, know I think he is? shot a 62 or 63. John Rahm. Um, yeah, I know John Rahm. I see him all, all the time Hell practicing yeah. out there. And yeah. like he almost hit me a couple times. I'm at the back of the range and he's flying his driver like 3.30. And I'm like, hey, <laughs> I'm over here. Hey, hey. Really, my, my, I've actually, I've played that course several times. My aunt and uncle are actually members out there. Ooh, they nice. They live in, on the ranch there. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Great, I'm I love glad that they invited me to Fantastic. be an ambassador. I don't know if I could afford to be a member out there. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's awesome. And Scottsdale Golf is so great. And I went it was cool to go out to the Phoenix Open this year because I got to see all my like guy golfer friends and their parents and I never get to see them because there's always five million people out there. So it was cool it was cool to go out there for a day and oh, yeah. um yeah, it's just cool. That's very cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a that, that's a great uh, great course, man. I look forward to uh, every time I get a chance to go out there and see them and play that golf. And course. no, it I have not broken a... his course record no, most of the time with my kids, and he'll find out this when he has his child soon. <laughs> is that you play nine holes and you practice and you're out of there? <laughs> mm. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. What's um. Let's see. So I want to chat a little about the Solheim Cup. So you've got nine appearances there. Uh, I think you're the leading uh, points. Uh, getter. You, you're the yeah point scorer. Yeah, getter score. Yeah, whatever yeah. you want. All right. So what's uh, what about being what about captaining that team? And and I I mean you're still playing. I th- I don't know that you've qualified yet, but uh, you got a you got a full schedule. It looks like so obviously working on that. Would you? Is that something you would want you want to do? Is to captain the Solheim team? I do want to captain the Solheim Cup team. I already have my assistant captains picked out and the cart drivers and everything else, but. It has to wait. It has to wait till I'm ready. Um, and um, they've already asked me to be the captain. I've already declined it. And I've said, I'm still playing full time. I'm still trying to make the team. And when I'm ready, I'll be ready. So um, are you guys going to come and sure. do a podcast like there when I'm captain? That'd sure. be kind of cool. Yeah, absolutely. Sweet. Uh, the answer is always yes. <laughs> we are not no people. <laughs> Got it. That'd be Got awesome. It might be a little wine tent set up there. You never know. Oh, that would be um, fun. Yeah, I, I no, no, no. We're we're doing we're doing the podcast in the wine tent. In the wine tent, got it. And, and I'm and I'm I'm pouring. I'm I'm doing all the pouring. He is good. One, he is good at one thing. That's pouring. That's what he's good at. It's gonna pour for himself. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> but thank you. No, no. The offer stands, and um, and um, yes, I do want to be a captain. I don't. I. I was telling my good friend Marvin Shankin today from Wine Spectator that. Um, if I don't get a win soon, I'm going to go insane. Mm. Like I am not done playing golf folks. I am. My skin is crawling because I just know something good is coming and I, I just need to be prepared for it. And it doesn't matter that I haven't won in three years because I've had those stretches before where I haven't won in three years, but I just feel like something good is happening and coming. And, um, I've got my great friend, um, Brady Stockton back on the bag. Um, um, you know, we won three tournaments in 2017 together. He's going to take a few weeks off because, um, good for, I mean, amazing for them. His, um, his wife and him are having a baby soon, oh, cool. um, do the Tuesday of the master's week. So we'll see how that goes, but, uh, it's super exciting, um, to be kind of an unofficial You, you got a T23 at, uh, at the open, uh, that you won before you had a, uh, you got a top 10 recently, right? Yeah. A couple yep. of tournaments ago. So, yep. 
I mean, it, and it's uh, I, so, I don't know. I just I feel like something good is coming. I'm announcing it right now. I don't usually put my butt on the line like that, but uh, some good is coming. Good. That's awesome. Oh, it's good to hear. You heard, heard yeah. it here first. Absolutely. Yeah. First. I believe yeah. it. I so, believe it. So, is. what do you yeah. think? What's um, it, it? It's hard to win out there, and Very. and I don't know. I mean, it, it, again, we're not professionals at anything, but you know, if you just look at what's happening and and the repetition and the number of balls hit, et cetera. And, and the misses are very small, right? I mean, this, the slightest miss is, is detrimental to you. And, and it's, uh, am I T10 or am I, you know, number one? I, I heard a stat the other day, and you'll have to give me the number, but you may have the most runner-ups on the LPGA Tour. Um, I don't know about that. I'd have to actually look at that. I know I have like 26 or something, but... Um... You know, when you consider I only need five points for the Hall of Fame and and a major's worth two and a regular win's worth one, and, like, that's insane, right? Like, I look at yeah. my, my golf career, and I don't know if that is what drives me or not, but, yeah, the Hall of Fame, I'm, I'm qualified per the regulations for World Golf Hall of Fame. Um, LPGA hall of fame you need 27 points and i have 22 right now and you look at all of you look at all of that and um it's insane it's insane um but i've i've always felt like i was destined to do that and if i could do that in my later years i think that would be i'm gonna throw a hell of a party and everybody's involved Oh, that's okay. good. That's good. I'm that's just, good. Saying. <clears throat> just saying. I know she's got the good wine going. <laughs> there you go. I'm also investors in a vodka brand called Double Cross Vodka. Oh, and I, I was at Scotts with Loch Lomond Distillery in Scotland, which is cool. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's where I want to stay. So, so let, let's talk about that scotch for a second, because I thought it was really cool. Um, you guys, so you sent, uh, and I don't want to steal your story, but I, I, I'm a huge fan of Finnish whiskey. And mm-hmm. uh, I know I'm cheating a little bit, but uh, I don't know if you, I did see you were a big High West fan. So oh, yeah. I don't know if you've tried, yeah. sorry. I don't know if you've tried any it, yeah. of their uh any of their wine barrel finishes, but uh, I'm loving those things at the moment. But uh, so talk about your scotch. And I don't know if it's released yet, but we would love to get a sample of that and review it okay. on the show for sure. Well, sure. Um, it got 94 points by Whiskey Advocate as well. So um, <laughs> I, I'm kind of proud of what we do. I'm, I'm not lying. Mm-hmm. Um, so a funny story is the Scottish Open, you know, six, seven years ago, I went and um, and um, anybody, the tournament said, is anybody interested in going to visit Loch Lomond Distillery? And at the time I was still studying for level one. And, and of course I'm going to go and it's Loch Lomond. Loch Lomond hosted a Solheim Cup. It's an insane club. If anybody hasn't gone to Loch Lomond, Scotland, you must go. It's one of the most beautiful places on earth. Mm. And um, they have their own cooperage. And, and um, I went and the first thing I said to the owner, Colin Matthews was you you age your scotch via the Solaris system. And he's like, how do you know what the Solaris system is? And I said, well, I'm studying and I'm learning all this and yada, hey, yada, I, yada. I'm a but... golfer. Why wouldn't I know what it is? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, um, and so they gave us a tour and, and even went as so far as to show us the strains of yeast they use for fermentation and the different grains and stuff. And, and it was cool. And about four or five months later, he called me and said, I'm doing a scotch with Colin Montgomery and Darren Clark. And, and do you have any interest in, I said, yes. And why don't we actually, cause I love 
I love whiskey aged in, in, in other vessels to finish them. So um, I said, why don't we ship some of our Pinot Noir barrels over to you and um, we can finish those. And they said, we're going to give you a single, we're going to let you do a single malt scotch, 16 year old single malt scotch. And we're going to, we're going to finish them for 10 months in your Pinot Noir barrels. And that was the 2016 Pinot who got second. I say who it's like a person to me. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, um, th- that Pinot Noir got um, second highest rate in California that year. And so, wow. you know, Loch Lomond um, Scotch whiskey is, is different than a lot of places in the world because they're super full body, but they're lighter in style. And the color that this thing got was insane. And um, we first previewed this scotch actually at the mm-hmm. Olympic club uh, for an event. And um, chef Thomas Keller, who's a good friend um, loves golf and ha- just happened to be there and wanted to help us raise money for charity. And he came and he had a shot of that Scotch whiskey, which at the time, literally the color was pink. He almost got a hole in one on a par three. And then, um, you know, obviously the whiskey came out and, and it was highly rated and stuff, but there were 2000 <laughs> bottles released um, into the Asian marketplace and 2000 bottles in the U S marketplace. And, um, you know, we don't have a license to sell spirits. So we, we partnered with Loch Lomond and they have a distributor in the U S and if anybody's interested, there are some, um, ways in which they can acquire the scotch. I will, if anybody's interested, just, uh, email, um, Eric E R I K at curvesellers.com. Um, and, um, um, you know, you can look to acquire the scotch. Um, and, uh, it was just a cool thing for us to do because it was a cross promotion, cross marketing, um, event. And we helped to, uh, with Michael, the master blender to come up with the final blend. So, um, it was really, really satisfying that it got a high score, especially from whiskey advocate and, um, just a super cool story and, and super small batch again. Mm-hmm. That's that's a great story. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's kind of yeah. what I'm hearing. It's, every, it's so so lots of small batch, very unique, and uh, everything has uh, has a nine in front of it. So it's tough to argue with. <laughs> Pretty much, I have to tell except, you, there are not except many for your wines. golf score, right? So yeah, I know it's the only um, time when I want to shoot in the nineties, right? Mm-hmm. Is wine and scotch and everything else, and I prefer my score in the sixties. But the only time you want to shoot in the nineties is when you get a good score. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> rating wise absolutely so yeah so so i know you got uh you, you got plenty of other stuff to do than talk to us jokers i got a couple more things for you if you got a sure. couple more minutes with us um so what's your favorite club in a bag i would have to say putter oh wow okay all right uh, so and, yeah, and i don't good. know how yeah I don't, I don't i don't know how what you said ping no no kind of my thing it's kind of my thing. Oh, your thing, yeah. your thing. I got you. Yeah, because you said you're an Odyssey, uh, you're an Odyssey putter, right? Yeah. You know, and um, uh, I wish Tiger Woods uh, well in recovering with what he's going with. And I, I got the the biggest compliment I feel like from him ever. And he said, "You're the you're the best putter on the planet." And I was like, "I'm sorry, Tiger. What?" Wow. And and yes, you're the best putter on the planet. So, um, you know, coming from Tiger Woods, that's that's pretty awesome. That's pretty high praise. Yeah, yeah. He, high praise. he wasn't bad. He wasn't bad, was he? <laughs> no. Which no, I shouldn't and, say. And there's was. been plenty of times when I was like, Tiger, you said that to me. Okay, fine. You know, we're friends and all that. But um, yeah, pretty high praise. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Ab- absolutely. So I don't know how much of this you'll answer. We, we may, you may defer on me, but uh, so when you're playing uh, practice round or in a tournament, what, uh, what's your favorite game to play? 
with with whoever you're playing with. I I think that's done more in the men's tour. The women's tour doesn't really bet that much okay. in practice rounds, no, to no be games. honest. It's, yeah, no, it's okay. kind of boring. Like, you know, but I have like five jobs between mom, vintner, operations for cur sellers, charity, uh, chief taster, trying to work, trying, chief taster, trying to work out which has not been successful in the last couple of years since we've had our second child. But, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't, the women don't really bet. It's kind of boring. Well, shit, here, here's the answer of why you got something coming your way. You've got all these other things on your mind and you're, uh, you're just out there swinging the club. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. That's, a good point. That's right. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. Uh, what's your favorite golf course, uh, off tour? So, so of course you wouldn't typically play. Do you have a favorite? Yeah. Have to I mean, be I have not, I have not played a lot of the famous courses in the world. I've yet to play national or Shinnecock for a lot of the famous courses, but Pine Valley is pretty sweet. I got to play Pine Valley and Augusta pretty sweet. Very cool. That's good. Yep. All right. Uh, do, you, do you have a, uh, do you have a favorite design, a golf course designer or architect? I mean, you like, so like when you're looking at the schedule, are you, are you avoiding certain people and gravitating more towards others or it's, it's neutral? No, not really because we don't really get to choose where we play in tournaments, but Donald Ross is my favorite. Oh, cool. Okay. Awesome. I'm old school. Definitely old school, all the runoffs and the collection areas and, um, how he uses the land. Um, to shape sure. the golf courses, mm-hmm. Donald Ross. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so, and I don't know how much time you spend in Napa, just given your schedule and what's happening. Uh, we actually had a, a great conversation with, uh, with hoops of it, with Lindsay hoops of hoops vineyard. I, I don't know if you're familiar, if you guys know each other, uh, have you, no. so you're into whiskey. Yeah. So you're into whiskey. Have you had a, had a chance to, uh, to meet or engage with Marianne Eves yet? I have not. I have not. And I'm a very social whiskey and bourbon drinker just because you can drink a lot more wine than you can whiskey or bourbon. Mm -hmm. Um, But I find it very interesting, as you said, the different casts that they're finished in. And um, um, there's super different style to American bourbon versus Scotch whiskey. And um, it's just interesting to learn about them all. Um, I am I'm kind of a lightweight in how much I can drink. Um, obviously you can tell that through this tasting, but, um, yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. There's like super small, like batch. It was kind of crazy to see like all the bourbon small batch stuff that came out around game of Thrones. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yep. For sure. Hey, so have you ever had, what's your go-to, uh, what, go ahead, Cal. What's your go-to bourbon? Oh, geez. I am the wrong person to ask for that because I don't drink it that often but um you're putting me on the spot right now and i am honestly having a brain cramp that's okay um that's okay so, uh, do you have any pinch me moments of because you now that you're in the wine business and you're you're, you're promoting your brands so do you have any pinch me moments of people that you've been able to share a pour with you know you're like oh my gosh i can't believe i'm sharing my wine with these people yeah i mean we got to be in um I, jesus i think it was 26 16 or 2017, we were a wine star presenter for wine spectator in New York. And we did the grand, um, tastings and we were supposed to do them in 2020. And, and that was obviously postponed because of COVID, but, um, everybody at that 
conference and especially at the gala dinner were were the who's who of wine buying and um you know, I got to meet uh, Bill Harlan and Laura Katina, and I mean, God, so many people that I look up to as celebrities in the wine world mm-hmm. that they're like, they have no idea even who I am. Um, and it was really cool to be able to to pour and and do that with them. I, I recently, um, you know, we were in Orlando at Lake Nona, and um, you know, we were having a wine tasting for the membership. And then uh, the Corda sisters are actually really good friends with me and, and their parents. And, um, you know, when when they won, they came over and they were like, I need a bottle of your Chardonnay. And I'm like, what? Why? And so they went and they took pictures and did the, did all of that and then gave them to me. And, and so some people even were like, why are you having LPJ players like pedal your product? You should give them 10% of your sales. Da, da, da. And I was like, this was not staged. This was them coming to get the wine because it was great. And they know who it is. And, and I'm friends with them. And I got to pour wine for Annika Sorenstam, um, longtime friend and, and competitor. And um, she had her own wine brand for a, 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 a spell as well. Um, but I mean, Charles Woodson was there. Right. Mm-hmm. Charles Woodson has his own wine, the interceptor and, and, um, um, just so many cool things. Like I got to pour wine, um, at the CME tour championship one year for, uh, Michael Strahan and Derek Jeter and, um, nice. and, um, um, the quarterback for the Colts. Jesus. I can't remember his name right Peyton now. Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. Sorry. Sorry, Peyton. Hayden, my husband's hey, a hey, that's giant why, fan. That's why we're here. <laughs> yeah, we're exactly. Here. <laughs> um, pretty cool. Um, great, yeah. I mean, there are many master sommelier that I've been able to pour wine for um, that have tasted with us that to me are, are, you know, celebrities in that, in that field. A lot of athletes too. Um you know, and, um, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I would say so. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so what's, um, and I don't know what you can tell us, but forward looking for, for cursed sellers, uh, again, this scotch thing sounds amazing to me. I, I really hope to, uh, to, to get into that. Are you, are you looking forward or is there plans to, start to expand kind of that barrel project and do more barrel finishes and maybe does it go from scotch but now to bourbon or american blended whiskey or wherever we're I going don't, is that i a- don't know i i'm american through and through true and true and i think it'd be amazing to have at the same time have a scottish whiskey but also do an american bourbon so yeah i think we should do it um and um, we've got no shortage of great palates on our team and um I, I think that would be amazing. Um, you know, as far as Curse Sellers goes, uh, we're looking to expand, but uh, responsibly. You know, we do have our single vineyard program, and we have our course views like Sauvignon Blanc, Napa Valley Cabernet Sauvignon. And, but we do really cool things like we're going to be releasing for sale in 2022-ish, you know, um, a um, Cabernet Franc. Uh, we're doing, we're reviving curvature, and we're bringing it back. We're going to make an Aglianico which we've been working on for five years. So wow. that's kind of cool. It is cool. Um, so I'm we're glad you brought that up because like, I was wondering what happened to curvature because it's we, curvature is kind of, uh, I won't, won't say that it's gone away, but it's um, it's definitely faded into the background and we're with Kerr Sellers now. So curvature is coming back. Curvature is coming back and it's going to come back in a big way. And um, nice. you know, 2017 was our last vintage with Pride Mountain Vineyards. And, 
you can't just like vodka, you can't just like turn it on and like turn on the spigot and make more <laughs> vodka, right? Like wine takes two to three years to age and grow and get in a bottle and release to customers. So yeah, um, we've been working on a project um, since the 2016 harvest. Um, Aglianico, it goes back to my Italian roots. It's one of the most tannic grape varietals in the world. And um, it's been in barrel for the last four years and it won't be released until probably mid 2022 i'm saying but it'll be a very affordable aglianico and um we put a five about five percent of cabernet in it so it'll be um very drinkable and um yeah it's coming back and curvature is going to be something that'll be it'll be i hate to say b label right because it's not going to be a low quality wine right uh but it'll be an affordable budget friendly how about that yeah like curve will be our signature line or single vineyard focused wine um, and uh, unique sourcing for Appalachian wines and curvature will be will be this unique offerings to um, club members and, and to the general public. Awesome. That's good. Yeah. That's, what that's you're putting great. out is absolutely fantastic. We appreciate Thank you, you uh, spending time with us. Dan, I don't know if you have anything else. I will say cursellers.com. Use uh, <laughs> discount code BB10. When yep. you make your purchase, and I'd like to ask my, my, my traditional question, Cal, but it's so skewed. Like you know, I'd say, "Where's your favorite place to dine in Yountville?" But Cal, Thomas Keller owns half the town. He's got like six restaurants. That's so kind he of he does. <laughs> you know. I have a lot of Bouchon. Bouchon, Bouchon and Ad Hoc's fried chicken is second yeah, to none. That's a good point. That's a good deal. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Any uh, any hidden gems for you uh, or diamonds in the rough in Scottsdale? Uh, what's a must visit next? Next time I'm out there to play Silverleaf, uh, I got to get get Uncle Jim and Aunt Ruth on the on the line. Yeah. But uh, what's uh, what's a must visit? What's something that off the beaten path out out, uh, out in Scottsdale that I wouldn't wouldn't hit normally? Well, if you're gonna spend a day up north. Um, North Scottsdale slash Cave Creek area. If you can get on Desert Forest, it is a must. And then I would go to Ravensview Wine Bar, which oh. is out by Outlaw. Oh, cool. That's good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. That Cave Creek area is pretty cool. I've, I've hit that a few times. So yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, awesome. Um, uh, there's so many different places though to go. I mean, if a public golf course, Greyhawk Club is awesome. Um, Phil Michaels and design golf courses. Um, and then you have, um, Isabella's right across the street, which is an indoor outdoor, um, fan friendly, people friendly eatery. Um, God, there's so many great restaurants in Scottsdale that people don't know about. Um, you know, bourbon steak, bourbon steak in the Scottsdale princess is, is, uh, is a staple steakhouse. Mm. Um, you know, Kirlin Soul Mexican is is really a great place to go. Uh, Mission also across the street in Kirlin. Mission is good. Uh, North Italian, uh, Spiga Italian, um, down by Fashion Square uh, Culinary Dropout. There's there's like a lot of like really food friendly, foodie kind of like twenty person table restaurants too that you need to research. Um, but it's it's a good place if you like golf. This is a good place to live awesome. for food and wine yeah. and golf. Very cool. Yeah, for sure. When are we going to see a uh, Christy Kerr? Uh, maybe I should have done better homework, but I don't think there's one out there. When are we going to see a Christy Kerr golf course? When somebody will have me. <laughs> <laughs> Not that you don't have enough in your glass already, yeah. but you know, I'm just saying. I, mean, I, you know, I've, I did. You know, when I was 10 years old, I designed an 18-hole golf course that was tough as shit. <laughs> did you really? 
I did. Sorry for swearing out no, there. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But um, we, we, we were just doing it respectfully for you. I mean, usually yeah. a lot. No, so. it's fine. It's that's, fine. That's good. Um, that was really difficult. And I don't know if somebody will have me. There you go. Would, so, but would you, uh, you'd be up for that, uh, designing a golf course? You only live once. There you go. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. awesome. Hey, Christy Kerr, it has been a pleasure. This is great stuff. Thank hey, you so much. Kerrsellers.com. It's absolutely fantastic. Be sure to, uh, you can find her on Instagram. You can find her anywhere social media exists. Uh, and hey, watch, uh, watch the LPGA Tour. They're just as good as the guys.